Welcome to Workforce Insight, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. I'm your host, Bhushan Sethi, Joint Global People and Organization Leader at PwC. In each episode, you'll receive ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. Now, the challenges that leaders face today are more significant and complex than they've been in generations. For organizations to thrive, they need to access their people's full potential and develop and execute new and dynamic strategies. In this episode, we'll discuss the six no regrets moves collectively identified by HR and business leaders surveyed for our global future of work and skills report. We'll discuss how these plays shape workforce trends in 2022. I'm delighted to be rejoined by my partner and friend, Julia Lamb. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, Julia, as we look through the survey, there's some interesting findings. It's reinforced a few things that we've learned through the pandemic. It's also identified some interesting tension points. What are your thoughts as you look at some of that data? Sure, Bushan. You know, as we walk through the findings, a few of these are the things we've been hearing from leaders over the course of the year through our ongoing conversations with our clients. But some emerged at the top that were a little bit surprising. So I'll just walk through quickly to orient our audience to what's in the survey and what those six no regrets moves are. First, it's anticipate and plan for the future. We've talked about this for many years, Bushan, but this is really thinking about different scenarios, using dynamic planning, and just thinking about the art of the possible and how your organization might respond to major events like a pandemic. Secondly, building trust in the organization. This is one that's come up a lot over the last year to two years as organizations that do have trust between their employer and employees seem to be navigating the pandemic stronger than other organizations. So trust is really important in terms of attracting, retaining talent. Third, we found it was optimizing workforce productivity and performance. The productivity topic has been a very, very hot one. As many organizations as they've shifted out of the office have essentially said, hey, look at our bottom line results. We are as productive as we were pre-pandemic. We should be able to continue working in these models. But there's a pretty healthy debate going on around that topic. Fourth, it's really about enabling skills of the future and looking at how quickly skills, especially digital skills, are evolving and people trying to keep up with the rapid pace of change. Fifth, it's preparing for and deploying technology with humans in mind. And here, just thinking about the employee experience and how many employees have a better experience with technology outside of the office with their personal technology as compared to when they come into the office. And sixth, it's really being able to build your ability to rapidly access and deploy talent. And here, thinking just about how quickly organizations can adjust and respond to all those scenarios we talked about in the first point. So really interesting. We call some of these no regrets moves because they are really the muscles our clients need to be building from a workforce planning perspective through 2022 and clearly beyond. Yeah, it's a fascinating list. If we dig into some of that data, we have been talking about planning. The whole future of work relies on effective, integrated planning, bringing together lots of internal and external data. The interesting thing for me is those organizations that actually were very deliberate about planning and actually used dynamic planning, 
invested in scenario planning, put together executive teams to focus on that, they actually experienced a planning dividend. And what we meant by that was they actually achieved 30% better financial outcomes than those that didn't invest in more deliberate scenario planning. So we have been talking about it. The second thing is the point you made about productivity. As we look at a couple of factors, Julia, you're right. Over half of the people actually said their productivity has gone up. And that's kind of sustained from early pandemic when everybody was touting high levels of productivity. So while half of them actually said productivity has gone up, many of them are questioning the sustainability of it because only 25% think their workload of their people is manageable. And again, this is 4,000 leaders across 26 countries, and it was very strong across all sectors and geographies. So to me, that's the dark cloud on the horizon. We've been talking about well-being and the need to kind of reset measures, whether at the individual level, at the company level. To me, this is one that firms will absolutely have to watch next year in terms of productivity. How do we measure? How do we even define what creates value for a firm, for a team, for a set of individuals? And on that one, Bouchon, the great resignation is really driving a pretty vicious cycle on this one. When you hit on the productivity the lost productivity when a worker leaves, the time it takes to onboard and replace them. That can be six months, nine months, even longer. And so there's a huge impact on productivity when you think about the turnover that's happening currently, but also the drain on the existing workforce because this concept of doing more with less, we've been talking about that throughout the pandemic, even prior to people starting to look for new jobs. But now those individuals who are staying are being disproportionately negatively impacted because they're also having to pick up the workload. They're having to onboard new employees. And so I do see a continued risk with those higher performers or even just the ones who stay, the ones who are loyal, that have, have the trust with their organization. Those individuals are going to continue to be constrained while we look at all of the turnover and how much is coming back to them. Absolutely. I'm curious on the future skills that you mentioned, Julia. To me, it was surprising that only a quarter feel comfortable that they can identify skills of the future. We've been talking about this one for years. There are lots and lots of lists out there that are in the public domain on future skills. Any thoughts on why 75% are feeling uncomfortable, they're uncertain about what those skills of the future are? Sure. I actually wasn't too surprised by this one. Agree, we've been talking about it for a long time. But when you start to get into how you actually project those specific skills for specific roles, more traditional learning management systems and workforce planning systems really don't embed one, even an ongoing sustainable monitoring of skills. You know, you think about people and how you measure skills. Are they doing a talent assessment every year? Are you having people go back in and manually update a skills database as they develop? So the technology really wasn't there to be able to reinforce that. I think the second thing is that the nature of the skills is evolving. As soon as you get a snapshot of employee skills, it's already outdated. So we're seeing a lot of companies invest in learning experience platforms. We've got our ProEdge platform, which looks at this and kind of plugs into workforce trends to dynamically update skills. But it really is still pretty complex to not only have the actual measure, but drive the behaviors to continually update that and leveraging technology. And we do have a lot of clients who are trying to figure this out, which is the only reason I wasn't too surprised that the number was still low, because I think they're just starting to go live with some of these platforms. 
The interesting thing there is obviously this survey was focused on employers, i.e. the business community. In our consumer surveys, if you think globally about our hopes and fears survey that we did in 2021, 32,000 people across a number of different countries, there's a huge divide in the skills gap and the access to skills there. We've got employers saying we are unclear on what the skills of the future are. We've got some employees saying there's a big divide. That's something as we look for firms, educators, policymakers have to kind of put their heads together around for economy, for business and for our society. As we think about 2022, there's a couple of macro trends we anticipate that will essentially test these six no regrets moves. And when I talk macro trends, we can bundle them into sort of three broad categories. First, economic, what's going to happen with inflation, interest rates, does the economy stay relatively strong? All of that feeds back into what is happening within our clients' organizations, within the talent marketplace. Second, workforce preferences. We're talking a lot about generational preferences, Gen Z in particular, but still the millennial preferences. Gig economy is becoming a larger focus and priority. Those people who are very now well-known rejecting these traditional working models, following more entrepreneurial career paths, female participation in the workforce, lots of interesting things happening from a workforce preference perspective. And third, health. What happens with the pandemic? Just back in December, we saw a new variant and obviously many companies started to make changes when you think about their return to office, how they're going to work, their policies, travel plans started to change, mask mandates coming back in. So just thinking forward, how is the health changes going to impact our clients? So I'd love to think about how those tests are six no regrets moves. Any thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we got to start with the business ones on the economic side. And for different business models, the banks will be obviously impacted by interest rates in a very different way to businesses that rely on consumer spending. Thinking about how we're financing supply chains in a higher inflation, higher interest rate environment is going to take a big business planning reset for many businesses, which will impact their workforce. The health aspects of this, the pandemic side of this and how we deal with variants and do we even have anything called return to office dates anymore as we think about the first quarter of 2022 or not will be interesting to see. The other piece about health that won't go away is mental health. The burnout, the caregiving, if some schools go back into some kind of hybrid or remote school in different parts of the US, I mean, that could be even more challenging to things like labor participation rate. And that's where all these things come together. And the worker preferences, whilst the worker preferences were triggered by a health pandemic, now those changes have become permanent because no one wants to kind of waste time commuting unless they really are coming back to return as an experience. As we know from our time in the office, it's much more engaging when you're doing meaningful work, interacting, connecting with human colleagues, not on screen and potentially socializing outside the office. The challenge I see around the workforce one in particular, and I'd love your thoughts on this, is we talk about the power having shifted to the employee in many, many businesses, even in essential businesses where we've seen wages creep up and we've seen more focus on safety protocols. I'm just curious if we have more economic tension and we see GDP going down, does some of that power shift back to the employer 
And there's a lot of the goodness that some have enjoyed with the remote work and the choosing their own schedule and having some degree of certainty. Does that go away? Well, and it's a great point, right? And we have seen, generally speaking, this be cyclical over time. I don't know that it's been so strong in the past when employees have had so much say and choice, but we've seen flexibility be a topic that keeps coming up every five, 10 years as the economy does well. Employees have more career options. The labor market is looking like it has lower unemployment rates. So I do think it's cyclical. And if the economy does take a downturn, companies will be hiring less and the balance will start to shift. But that's where things like trust, like the workforce planning, like optimizing productivity, those things will stay important because companies will need to be able to balance that, help their existing workforce succeed, do more with less, et cetera. So I do think the no regrets moves hold up in that type of scenario. But potentially, Julia, it could be that much more nuanced than that in that maybe younger workers have less power, maybe essential workers have less power, but the knowledge workers actually continue to have power. And there's challenges there for organizations because in any one organization, as we've talked about needing to segment the workforce and have targeted strategies on how to engage, inspire, retain, drive productivity, we could even be introducing more tiers of inequity in workforces where we're asking younger people to come in and work the apprentice model. We're asking our essential workers to be on site, yet we're having certain talent that could live and work anywhere work any time. And I think that's a complexity that could be driven by the power still residing in some employees. And there's just going to be a big challenge for leaders to manage in some of that complex environment. And we haven't even talked about the rising kind of gig workforce that we'll potentially see in 2022. So lots of work for leadership, huh? Lots of work for leaders, for sure. But I would also say there's so many different possibilities. If I think about what an individual could do, to make themselves more future-proof. That goes back to the skills and some behaviors, in particular, learning, upskilling yourself, and trying to make sure that you have a marketable skill set. I think some of the skills we've been seeing that are increasingly of high priority are around adaptability, agility, flexibility, can you pivot, and learning acumen. The people who are able to carve out time, prioritize learning, try new things, those individuals will also navigate any one of these different future scenarios disproportionately well compared to their peers. Yeah. And as we look to kind of think about what are the key takeaways from our survey, I think the point around leadership and how you lead in that environment is going to be critical because there'll potentially be geopolitical issues that occur that we're unaware of. They could also happen domestically. And the ability for firms to be able to pivot and respond with leaders driving high senses of inclusive behavior, bringing everyone along, using data, using some of the good lessons they've had over the last 24 months, for me, is going to be critical. What do you see as the big takeaways? I think you hit on a couple of them, Bouchon. I think the biggest one that's probably going to drive a forever shift is that companies have invested and built capability, even unknowingly, over the course of the pandemic. They've invested in technology to allow their workers to work remotely and work in different ways. They've invested in skills, again, unknowingly, but employees now using these virtual collaboration mechanisms, 
working asynchronously, using video collaboration, using brainstorm technology like virtual whiteboards that allows them to work differently. All those investments, as well as the changing mindset of leaders, have meant that organizations now have a much more virtual working capability. And that's going to help us drive and sustain this change going forward. I love the point you made about unconsciously firms have built resilience and skills, which actually prepares them much better for whatever scenario they see in the future. I think that's a really great point. Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. Great discussion, a great outlook as we think about 2022. It'd be great to reset this maybe halfway through the year to see which of these no regrets moves are trending in one way, which of them are going in a completely different one and which ones did we not even talk about at the start of the year. Thank you listeners for tuning into this episode of Workforce Inside. Please visit our website for insights on how to tackle your organization's workforce challenges. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.